This is Corolla Digital. This is Reasonable Doubt with your hosts, Mark Garrigus and Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a trip. We've got a man to get on. Welcome to the best hour or so in the universe. It's Reasonable Doubt. I'm Adam Corolla. That's Mark. Hard out. Soft taco. Garrigus. And I'm I'm here today, although it doesn't sound like I can, uh, like the sound is right, but uh, I'm looking over in their direction. Yeah. It says it's, it's good. It says it's good. Good. You can check I was, your volume. Because I, I was laughing, by the way, mm-hmm. because... You one of your you you throw out these classic lines and you don't even realize how much how classic your lines are. You he just said that um, Adam just said I'm looking at Gary, not he. I don't talk to Adam as if he's in the third. Mm-hmm. But he said for Drew, it's like a Make a Wish Foundation. <laughs> yes, getting to converse with you. He I, loves it. I I enjoy talking to Drew as well. I don't see Drew at all. I see you, but I mm. don't see Drew that often. And well, he's um. He's, uh, I don't know why. I had told him it's, Paulette had invited them out on Friday night for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I said, and it was tough for me, but I hate Friday night going out. I want, I just hit the, the, the finish line and then I just want to sit in the chair. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Drew was tempting. I said to go to dinner with Drew. But then I said, well, Adam asked me to sub. Uh, for Adam and Drew, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to kind of shoot the con- con- conversational wad mm-hmm. on Friday and then have nothing for Monday or whenever right. we did it, right? So, so yeah, it, and the strategy worked because yeah. Drew said you had a very ample and engaging conversation. I ran. And for listeners of this show, those will be coming out next week. Yes. So, you know what I did with Drew? Well, because I thought it was interesting, I played for him something. That I want to wait. Gary's giving me this look. Yeah, we're having a technical issue here, so just vamp for a minute or two. Well, okay. I'll I'll tell you that when I did shows Sunday night in Solana Beach, California, which is somewhere around uh, San Diego, but it's a beautiful little area. Uh, Barrett Lepagian's daughter, Tanya, Talia, uh, Talia, yes, came out to the the show to uh, say hi, Barrett. The owner of Tinhorn Flats and a high school classmate of mine from North Hollywood High, circa 1982. Uh, Along she, with the other guy who ripped off Reasonable Doubt, oh. who you used to cram into the locker and he's paid the payback's a bitch. What was that guy's name? John? <laughs> we'll figure that one okay. out. <laughs> so it uh, so made me think. Any updates? Anything you can talk about? Not um, yet, Not yet. Although, if you can believe it, the city of Burbank has elected this guy, Constantine, as their mayor. Can oh, you, uh, wow, wow, that guy. Yeah, yeah. that guy who, uh, who... Struggles. Yeah, he has a... Life is a struggle for him. And, uh, of course, you know, this is kind of the... It fits in with your some of your theory about politicians. As far as I can tell, he's never had a real job. Yeah, well, I... <laughs> And so he's failed upward to the point where he's now the mayor of Burbank, which Burbank is not an insubstantial city, right? No. Oh, I look, mean, it's 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 a city that if you grew up in Wichita, you would have heard of growing up in Wichita. Johnny which is, Carson. Which is a lot to say about, about a city. And yes, I, 
I am so tired of people not having real life work experience, then setting policy for people who try to run businesses. And I, it was, I don't know, Walter Mondale or one of those guys. And I told this story that, you know, he basically tried to open a B and B after he retired from government. And he said it was painful and regulatory. It was McGovern. And he just said, I wish I knew now what I, when I was making policy for all these poor people. It's, oh, I was uh, just today, I was in a spot where another inspector came through and remained oh, nameless. Boy. And I, I, I asked him, I said, why? And he says, well, we got an anonymous tip. And I said, you mean if I just pick up the phone right now and I call your agency and I duke in an anonymous tip because there's plenty of people that I'd like to visit this upon. You'll just show up and all of a sudden I have to shut everything down and go through a rigmarole. Yeah. And I, I said, well, how in, how in the world it does – how is that – why do you get some pass just because you're the government and you're able to just go out, deploy resources, and stop somebody running a, a business because somebody didn't even have the guts to put attach their name to an accusation? I was thinking about you and I was thinking about that as I was passing through the neighborhood the other day because we had torrential rainstorms. Right. <laughs> torrential rainstorms and the old storm drain that was in front of my old house would get backed up and create a lake in the intersection (laughs) and i had some hydro aquatics engineer come out to me and he just said here's how you fix this problem you do this you put a lid on the top you put a dam on the back i walk by it every day yes and that's how you fix the problem and i with my sort of engineering building background sort of thought about what he was doing and was trying to prevent the backyard from flooding and the lake from building in front and i said that makes sense all right and uh, I didn't know it, it was on my property or not. It was, you know, on the edge of my it's property. Clearly, within. I mean, it's. It would be. They, by the way, if you had trash in that same location, they would compel you to clean it. Let's up. say your property is right. a mess, yeah. right? And and my and it's even with where the driveway starts, and it's called my driveway, right? Not their right. driveway. It's, so <laughs> exactly, it's I have my driveway. own expense of remedied this. I put some cinder block brick, put a lid, put a cement very lid on top done, of it. Very nicely done, by the way. Finished it off well, all out of my own pocket, my own time. And then the guy who lived behind me, who claimed this was me doing this to him, uh, wasn't satisfied with it because that's just how every neighbor works. He was uh-huh. angry, whatever. And then the city got involved and the city explained to me that I needed to – the city came and looked at it and said, this is never going to work. And I thought it, – it, it's, it's kind of like saying – I want to hang a painting up and you go, fine, I'll put a nail in the stud in the wall and you can hook the painting on that. And you put the nail up and the city guy looks at the painting, looks at the nail and goes, this will never work. (laughs) I go, why not? Why wouldn't it work? I built a dam here. And by the way, I didn't. I didn't have a, a, a you know, the, the Domino's pizza guy coach me up on <laughs> this guy. The guy was like a certified drainage engineer. He's a, right. you had a guy who, drainage. by the way, I would have had to search. If I wanted this guy as an expert, I would have yes. had to hire some expert search service. So 
The guy's licensed and bonded in drainage and hydro, <laughs> hydro mechanics and dynamics told me what to do to fix it. I executed it perfectly and fixed it. And it worked because it rained a week later and I saw there's no water in the back of it. But then the city and in their infinite wisdom showed up and said, this is never going to work. <laughs> and I said, okay, I get it. It's never going to work. I don't know what you're basing that on, but I am telling you, I have seen it in action and it works like a charm. And they said, it's never going to work. And I said, I'll tell you what, why don't we try to be reasonable here? The next time it rains hard, come on why don't by. you come on by and watch it in action? And then I think we'll, we'll have, we'll have solved this little <laughs> conundrum and we can all get the fuck on with our lives. And they said, uh, all right, we'll do that. And I said, please do. And uh, then I got a letter like four months later saying, you got to you got to blow it out. It's never going to work. And I said, it's rained five times since then. You didn't see it working. It worked like a charm. Was, I drive right through that area. It works perfectly. And they said, uh, no, you got to blow it out. And I said, OK, do you want me now to just take a sledgehammer <laughs> to this thing and then recreate the mess that that it was for time and memoriam? I right. mean, that's and how by it was. the way, as somebody who walks by there every day, you solved the problem of having to walk through a what was literally a little reservoir in the street before that. You're welcome. Right, exactly. You're welcome, citizens of Lockin' Yacht. <laughs> yes, because I, I no longer fixed have... it at my own expense. <laughs> but and I didn't have wet socks anymore from right. walking through it. Oh, but then the realtor's on the phone, and then they got an email from the city, and then the asshole with the yard behind you, uh, he's not satisfied. And then they're going to hold up the escrow. Oh, they're going to hold up the house. You can't sell the house because the guy in the back wants to, and the city's not going to. And I'm like, are you fucking guys for real? What is going on? It works like a charm. This is six years ago. It works perfectly. And it's worked. I walked by there this morning. It still works. Okay. So. I will take my apology. Yeah, right. In the, the form. After all of that, it took a letter citing all of the stuff for them to finally. Oh, back that down. you wrote. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I finally just went. Would you guys fuck right <laughs> off? I, you were insane. What is going? And by the way, I know you have an unlimited amount of time to invest in this problem that I solved. I am at a disadvantage because I do not have an unlimited amount of time. Amount of time. I have so much time, and it's got to be deployed in a way that makes sense for resources. This yeah. is the realtor. This is the asshole neighbor. This is the city. The all. buyer. Everybody. It's a, it's a cabal right. of, well, of because, people. And the realtor saying, just get a jackhammer and blow the whole thing out. I'm like, really? I, this is where we're at. Yeah, because the solution in those situations is have the guy who has the incentive to get the, the – who's got the resources and doesn't have the time to waste will spend the money. Right. To just make it go away. And every, and they know that. They're just like little terrorists who or hostage takers, and they're just waiting for you to pay the ransom. I, I know, and I was literally talking to Dr. Drew about this earlier today, which is this adversarial relationship you have with the city of Burbank or with the La Cunada home, you know, inspections, building and safety or whatever. It's not supposed to be adversarial. I, I, you're your taxes to. pay for you. You're supposed to help me. As long as I'm not going on a sh- shooting rampage, you guys are supposed to be working 
in conjunction and in unison and, and being thoughtful and coming up with solutions to whatever. There's way too much of this. Building safety this way, the Burbank City Council, whatever. You dare cross them. If you have the temerity to just raise your hand and go, I talked to a guy who's an engineer and he told me to work and it's effective. Oh, boy. Now we got a troublemaker. Now we got it. Now. Now you're in trouble, son. You should have never defied us. Defied who? You who make $47,000 a year, graduating in the middle of your class at John Burroughs High School. And went on to a life of junior college and mediocrity. I can't. You cannot be crossed. You who lived out of your car. You who struggles with addiction and mental disabilities. You. We have to worry about you. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. That's it. it. Gary's got it up on the screen. I got a clip. Yeah. So this, I'll set this up. This is the Murdaugh trial. I keep saying Murdaugh. I don't even know. Somebody was saying, funny, uh, ironically enough, that Murdaugh is being charged with murder. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a dad joke. So this is his best friend who is testifying outside the presence of the jury. This is before the judge ruled that all of the financial embezzlement accusations are going to come in as the prosecution has a theory that, and there's another clip Gary's got, but this is the first one, and then um, you'll I'll watch it, and then I'll tell you what I'm going to ask you, if it makes why, sense. Yeah, why would you uh, testify not in the presence of the jury? To see whether or not it's admissible, because the defense would make the argument we and by the way, I uh, I think the defense actually, even though they lose the motion in the battle, they win the war because this makes I, in my humble opinion, makes the prosecution look so desperate that they're going to argue that this guy had committed financial crimes, which is why he then wasted his son and his wife that same day when he was confronted, and and then this guy's also going to testify that. Murdaugh, the accused, was an opiate addict for 20 years or something. Who put him up? The prosecution. The prosecution says this guy's friend. This guy is the best friend. His best friend is who we're prosecuting. Is going to help us make a case. And this is, and here, Judge, we're going to give you a dry run of what he's going to testify to. That's a very good question, Is a common thing, the dry run? Mm -hmm. We explain this in detail on Beyond a Reasonable Uh Doubt for anyone who wants to go backwards, and it's called uh, Murdaugh in Camera. So uh, if you want to check that one out, Mark goes into more detail. Yeah, this is basically what they call motions in limine, and and you, the judge will hear it outside the presence of the jury. During He could do it during the course of a trial. So he doesn't have to hold things up. All right. Was Alec very involved in the actual management of the firm? No. Were other partners more involved in the management of the firm? Yes. That was the second one, we'll, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get to in a sec because it's interesting as well. Did y'all have a conversation? We did. Where was the conversation? Um, I, I got there before he did. Um, I don't think I pulled in the driveway. I kind of waited out on the road. Pulled in the driveway. We went in the side door. The um, caregiver was there. She. We went out onto the front porch, and we talked on the front porch. And what did he say to you? I mean, the first thing I asked him is, you know, Alec, what the what the f or what the h is going on here? You know, what is going on? And have you done something else to me or that involves me that I don't know about? Because I know about this. And I've got to deal with this, but is there something else you've done that I don't know about that I need to that I need to be concerned with? 
And what did he say? He broke down crying. Um, said I can't. Said I can't write this second. He went inside, came back out with some paper towels, and told me that he had had um, a drug problem, that he was addicted to opioids, and that he had been addicted for. I don't remember if he said 20 or 20 plus years, but it, I mean, it, you know, for 20 years or so. Did he say anything about the money? He told me that he had that he had been stealing money. Did he have a particular phrase about what he had done to you? Shit me up. He said he shit you up. Shit me up or shit me up or shit me off or something like that. But I think it was he shit me up. And he said that he he admitted to you he had been stealing client money. Yes, sir. Said he. So he confessed that to you, is that correct? He said you, he had shit a lot of people up. I'm going to show you what's been marked as States 313 in this in-camera hearing. Do you recognize that? Uh, yes, sir. What is that? I think this is the original of that $225,000 fee check written in the gentleman's case directly to Richard Alexander Murdoch Esquire. Is that your signature on it? It is. You know, I, I've just been hoping Gary would name this episode Shit Me Up because, <laughs> okay, so you get I this. like the beginning because the beginning is like he want to know what the F. What the F? What the H? He did the H. Yeah. What the F? You can just what say hack if I, that's an issue. Heck? But okay. He okay. must have been to hell. So, uh, yeah. so there's a couple of things, and I'll set it up for you, and I want your reaction. First of all, now, when this is going to be admissible, he gets up there. The jury's now going to know that Murdoch was at least self-confessed, self-proclaimed an opioid addict for over 20 years and an embezzler. Now- couple of questions. Is that a leap? I asked Drew this. Is that a leap that you're an opioid addict and that you then, um, and you're accused of embezzlement, and you would then go and wipe out your wife and slaughter your son? Yeah, it's a leap. Yeah, I mean, it's and, leap. and it's it's sort of, I don't know, it's like saying uh, this guy's a expert knife thrower and there was a knife in the house and so he must have killed his wife with a knife. It's just like, no, there's plenty of people that have knives that don't. There's plenty of opioid addicts that don't kill any family members and there's I, plenty of embezzlers that don't And I qualified Drew as an expert. Drew Drew actually made the way he went to say, you have it? If we now have evidence that uh, Mr. Murdoch was addicted to opiates for over 20 years. Correct. And that he was having financial issues. Correct. And these financial issues led him to confess to having engaged in embezzlement. Correct. The morning of the murders, there was a, um, uh, confrontation. a confrontation. Yes, thank you. With <laughs> one of his partners. Correct. Okay. Now... And that based on that confrontation about the embezzlement, would you find it likely that some violent or desperate act such as murder of his wife and his son, that would be consistent with the scenario I just uh, gave you in a hypothetical? Almost impossible. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so so here's the only way I could make it. Opiate addicts are interested in one thing and one thing only. 
and that is doing opiates. Period. Ooh. End of story. And that usually requires money. And that's all they... By the way, which Paulette asked me about, because when I was talking to her about this, she said, why does he need money? I thought it was so cheap. Uh, he probably, my bet is he, he, I don't, we, I'd like to know more about his opiate addiction. Like, did he graduate to heroin and fentanyl and stuff? Because that's where it gets cheap. If you're just doing the pills, which is sort of a, prof, you know, professional style. Can drug you look addict. at somebody yeah. and tell me, based on looking at them and make a informed guess as to whether they progressed to fentanyl based on their physical appearance? I, not fentanyl, but IV drugs. Yeah. And if enough time has passed since they last used, that would be very difficult. But I can tell you from my experience, most professionals see themselves as not true addicts. And so they maintain that, that sort of facade that lie to themselves by taking pills. Boom. Now, can you show – and this one's only just a picture. I just want you to look so that you have the complete thing that Drew had. Show a picture of Murdaugh which the prosecution also is introducing, which they're claiming was within hours of the murder. Mm -hmm. So that you can see what he looks like in this, uh, in this time period, in the mm -hmm. exact same time frame. And Gary will show that to you in five. So are, they, are they're basically saying, look, there's criminal behavior and then there's lawful behavior, and this guy engaged in criminal behavior he's could a be embezzling right could be uh, taking drugs but he's crossed the line into criminal behavior versus lawful behavior and so who knows what else he's capable of exactly and here he is by the way if you're watching on youtube but you can see <laughs> that's him a couple hours before Trying to plant a tree or yeah, screw around with a exactly. tree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Drew took a look at that, and I think his reaction is, this guy's not on IV drugs, and that would be my reaction as well. This guy would not hang out with Dr. Alien on uh, Drew's, main, Drew's main point was that he was wearing short sleeves, and if he was an IV drug user, mm. he would be hiding that from his friends and family. Yeah, so he embezzled, and yeah, he had an addiction problem, but what's that have to do with murdering your family? Right. And why, if you're confronted with the embezzlement in that morning, you then like go home and slaughter your wife and your son, who, by the way, there is no insurance policy that would immediately pay off, number one. And number two, if the reason that the prosecution is proffering is that you're going to be so mortified that you're going to be excused mm -hmm. or you're going to be exposed and your wife and your son are going to find out. So what do you do? You slaughter them so they don't find out? Well, on a more personal note, and speaking about uh, wives, and we got off, we started talking about the neighborhood. It, it struck me that I have an ongoing dialogue with your wife about uh, bits of metal that she finds <laughs> in the neighborhood, because she's a, basically a truffle pig for scrap metal. And she, trash. And, and trash. And trash. She's like one of those old timers at the beach with the metal detector. Uh -huh, with the, the ones that look like an upside down um, uh, UFO. Yeah, that they go and it just, she just wanders to the highways and the byways of the La Cunada looking for pieces of metal. So she said, uh, so I got a text from her announcing, um, uh, well, first I got a text with, with a picture of the piece of metal. A piece of metal. You're and just getting. A rod. It was a rod. It was a rod. And uh, then she said, here's the picture of the piece of metal we talked about on the flight. And then I thought to myself, 
I drank half a bottle of Don Julio on that flight. I have no recollection of this Yo, discussion. I, 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 this, unless this was surgically implanted during the flight, I have no recollection whatsoever. I have no recollection of discussion of this rod on a flight. But she said, here's where it was. And I said, all right. Uh, and then a few weeks later, she sent me a second picture of another piece of metal. Piece of metal. It's about uh, it's about a foot long. It's like a thin rod, like a rebar. It looks to be broken on both ends. Very thin, almost almost the 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 the, the heft of um, almost a wire paper hanger. Two huh. strands of wire paper hanger flattened out. And I I looked at it and I looked at it and I I zoomed in. I zoomed in on the edges and I saw they were broken. And I announced to her that it was most likely a form tie. Mm. And uh, wow, I she was have she that. was dubious. Really, she didn't buy it. Eh, she, she, <laughs> had her, she had her. She had one eyebrow raised. She was dubious. But then I had to take a deep dive on the internet because, because they, it uh, piqued your interest. Yeah. So. So you know, and all the listeners know, there's a lot of construction going on in the neighborhood. Correct. Mario Mario is constructing nonstop. Have you noticed this? Yeah. yeah. Nonstop. And there's something called forms. And Mm -hmm. they used to do them as two-by-sixes or three-by-sixes, you know, and strands. And and inside of forms, concrete forms, now they do it with plywood – but you can't take two sheets of plywood, put them up 12 feet, and pour seven metric tons of concrete in it and not, not, not expect it to blow up or, or part, right. right? Inside of all of those are formed ties. So when you walk around and you see newer construction, there's all those little circles right. in the big, the big flat wall, the big concrete wall. Right. See all those little pockets everywhere? But what are those? Those are cones on a form tie, they're inside, and then on the outside, and, and, and this post-dates me. I used to use another kind of form tie, but I, and, and Gary can find a picture of a cone form tie. I surmised that those, while they should be embedded in, in, the, con- the, concrete in the concrete itself. Those are ones that broke off or got loose or went rogue and are around the neighborhood because there's so much forming and concrete work going on. Going on. Huh. I cannot think of another application for that thing. Is that needed for the structural integrity of the uh, concrete itself? We're still we have at pictures of it, but you got to yeah, there's a better picture. You got to have one. It's just there's just one alone. Believe me, I sat on I sat. Yeah, these look almost like shish kebab. But skewers. you can see the cone and yeah, that cone right. gives those holes in in the wall. And I can't think of anything else was I huh. now you have to. Now, have, what, how does that give you any kind of structural? Integrity? Oh, yeah. The next picture yeah, is, go. is good. And I think you break away the ends of them, Gary, if I'm. If I'm correct, here's so so what Paulette is finding is the center section of one of these, uh, which is supposed to be solidified inside of the concrete. Yes, entombed. So it's basically. (laughs) Did you you come up with that? I. It's what it is. (laughs) I didn't come up with it. Entombed. (laughs) 
it's 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 a more colorful it's, way to say I, what you're saying. Fa- they're pharaoh strips. <laughs> they're just entombed. If the you must have these like every two feet, or the plywood will rip well, apart. There you go. It'll it'll blow apart. So I think what she is finding on her travels in the neighborhood are a couple of rogue form ties. And and she's no dummy, but she would know if it was a anchor or a piece of all thread or something. There's no in the picture. There's no threads. There's no nuts. There's no. It's just, that's just a. It's the centerpiece. Very interesting. Okay. Now I I, 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 t- I uh, what I wanted what I want to do is we're doing a little bit of construction. I'm going to ask the GC. Do these are these kind of wayward guys that didn't get satisfactorily buried at the forest lawn of construction, mm-hmm. are are they indicia of bad construction or mm. bad? Yeah, I want to know. Maybe I, we'll get, instead of, do you think that the guy from La Cunata will come around and say, bash down the walls, bash down the cement walls? <laughs> I told Paulette, I think they're form ties. And she said, they look too skinny to be form ties. And I was like, all right, first off, what do you know about form? You don't even heard the term. I just introduced that into your lexicon. You formerly didn't know about form ties before you met me. So I introduced you to form ties. You would have never known forms or ties. Not for me. That was her nice way of saying that she was dubious. Yeah. She didn't want to, she didn't want to question your bona fides, but. Still, there was a little bit of, there was a little bit of uh, cynicism. Form ties are by <laughs> nature very skinny because if you think to yourself what you could do with just a piece of wire, right? Not strung up every two feet, not to blow something—a thin piece of cable—that would be enough to prevent. So then, I don't from think you apart. would need them as for structural. You would need the vertical rebar for you, structural. You. you the structural part of it is not letting the form blow apart. Part exactly right. because if the form blows apart, then the cement's not going to solidify right. in in place. Okay, that's right. This is maybe this is to catch a contractor. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I I will ask that she keep her evidence. Her and evidence. Let me inspect I, and it in, I am going to tell her that that you you demand. If Crystal was out there. Crystal will be the keeper, the custodian for yeah, the she evidence. Can talk. Yeah, exactly. Nobody talks forming, concrete forming, and even block, block stacking rebar more than uh, Crystal and Paula. Uh, so <laughs> we'll, get them, we'll get them going on that. But that is my, that's my expert opinion as to what she's finding in the neighborhood. I will, when we go to Taylor's tonight and see the parade of people in La Cunata. Have you been to Taylor's recently? Yes. Okay. It's, it's, quite, a, it's quite a show, isn't it? Yeah, I uh, I was there. I don't know three weeks ago. Uh, For those who haven't been to Taylor's, this is a throwback. Orig- the original Taylor's, which still may be there, is down by where Langer's is in MacArthur Park, and mm-hmm. uh, and has the Naga Hide yes. booths and mm-hmm. and uh, very good. I had a very good bone and ribeye, and mm-hmm. they, and they I would say serve their fair share of. Uh, shaken uh, martinis mm-hmm. in that place, mm-hmm. and uh, many a pickled uh, human and uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> pickled patrons are uh, are on display. It's a, it's quite a it's quite a little slice. It reminds me there used to be a place called Conrad's in Lacanetta, mm-hmm. and we took Drew and Susan there one night, and Drew walked in and looked around into Conrad's, 
And and there's still one, I think, in Pasadena. It may still be there at Walnut Lake. I don't know. And Drew said, I feel like I've been teleported to Wisconsin. And I said, no, this is La Cunata. This right. is what, what La Cunata is. He's, you know, he being a Pasadena vintage doesn't quite understand the La Cunata. He's such a snob. He never knew where like Studio City was or North Hollywood was. <laughs> oh. He never even went down the freeway. He Polly, said the freeway wasn't even built. Uh, no, two ten wasn't built when we were in high school. I mean, actually, it was just was just finishing up. I remember in starting high school, the two ten they were just starting to build it up. But the valley was looked down upon. You know, mm. that's why Cobra Kai is such ah. so popular now. There was there was a certain kind of a snobbiness to the polytechnic crowd when it came to Studio City. I, I would say there was, an, uh, there was some elitist stuff going on. Well, as a guy whose family is from North Hollywood, I can tell you and Drew, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some unwashed masses over there. Yeah, but I, now I went to high school with all of them. But now that's kind of like a, that's a way station for Armos in North Hollywood. That's oh, a, right. Yeah, because they kind of, you know, certain... The Armos, you know, from the Montebello, Whittier, then you kind of move to North Hollywood if you make it, and then maybe Glendale. And then if you've really arrived, it's La Crescenta, La Cunata. That's ah. kind of the Armo train. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, you are in the uh, – you're, 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 you're shoveling the coal. Yeah. Yes, and I am the engine. The, of the I am the little train. engine that could in the Armo train. All right, you want to uh, see me and go to West Palm Beach, Florida? That's coming would that up. be Pretzel Central? Pretzel Bread Central <laughs> with Mark Garagos. Be... I told Gary the hardest I've ever heard you laugh is recounting that. Story. I never laughed so hard in my life, and I two days later I was on the phone laughing. That's uh, February 16th and 17th, 18th, off to Baltimore, Magooby said, Joke House, and then I'm all over the place. So just go to adamcroll.com for all the live shows. Mark, what do you got? If you're looking for a Valentine's Day gift that's affordable, Alex and Ani, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-A-N-I.com. Go there, and uh, you've got all kinds of choices for your sweetheart. So, till next time, Adam Crow for Mark, Hard Out, Soft Taco, Garga, say it. Mahalo. Thanks for listening to Reasonable Doubt. Tune in next Saturday for an all-new episode. This is Corolla Digital. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. Hi, I'm Caitlin Van Maul, host of I Survived. If you enjoy I Survived, we are excited to announce a new launch. Starting November 15th, we'll be reposting our classic episodes from season one of I Survived. We hope to reach a whole new audience with these important stories of survival. And for those of you who have been with us since the beginning, we think these powerful episodes warrant another listen. Starting November 15th, look out for those episodes and more news from I Survived. 